Amid the cluster infection, mass testing is underway in Taoyuan. Already more than 1,000 people have been tested for COVID. Over the past two days, COVID tests have been administered to more than 800 employees of the cleaning company at Taoyuan International Airport. About 800 employees at Terminal 2 of the airport and more than 500 quarantine taxi drivers have been tested as well. One of the patients in the cluster had previously operated a stand at Zhongzhen Market in Taoyuan's Zhongli district. On Wednesday morning, long lines formed outside rapid testing stations in the area. The better scenario would be that if over the next few days we find no new cases, if we test enough and still find no new cases after a certain number of tests, then we can breathe easy and say that the outbreak has had no impact in the community. The health official said community screening was crucial as it allows for the early detection of infections. Genetic sequencing results have come out for two COVID patients who had stayed in the same quarantine hotel in Taipei. Both hotel guests were infected by the same strain of Delta variant. The CECC has reclassified patient 17181 as a local case. Health officials suspect the transmission occurred when the two patients opened their room doors at the same time to get their meals. Let's hear from the CECC. Cases 16941 and 17181 were staying in adjacent rooms at the same hotel. We have determined that case number 16941 infected case number 17181. So we have relisted case number 17181 as a local case. The partitions in the ceiling had a gap. Also, one of the cases said that he and his neighbor opened their doors at the same time to collect their meals. With several clusters cropping up at quarantine hotels, Taipei has launched an inspection of all 164 hotels in the capital. So far, 78 hotels have been inspected. Inspections are expected to be complete in two weeks. Mass disinfection is underway in Taoyuan, where a cluster infection was detected earlier this week. Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wenchan went to an affected borough to oversee the disinfection work, saying that the city was ramping up all measures to contain the outbreak. Geared up, a disinfection squad sprays every nook and cranny. A COVID cluster was recently reported in Taoyuan, and one of the people infected had recently set up a stand at Zhongzhen Market in Pingzhen District. The market closed for disinfection on Tuesday noon. Four boroughs in Zhongli, including Longgang Borough, are being disinfected by the 33rd Chemical Group. 19 boroughs in Zhongli, Pingzhen and Bado districts are being taken care of by our disinfection team. A disinfection team from the city's Department of Environmental Protection and the Army's 33rd Chemical Group launched disinfection work at 23 boroughs in Taoyuan. On Wednesday morning, Mayor Zheng Wenchan came out to oversee the operation. With the first outbreak of the year in Taoyuan, the mayor is taking no chances. He listed out four key measures the government is taking to contain the disease. 
we immediately launched contact tracing work. We compiled an extensive list of contacts, expanded testing, and expanded disinfection work in hopes of building a firewall. We set up three community test sites, and already 200 people were tested yesterday. In just 24 hours, Zhongzhen Market has been disinfected twice in hopes that quick action will break any infection chains. Three community test sites have been set up in the area to prevent the disease to spread in the community before the Lunar New Year. Golden Biotechnology Corporation reported Wednesday on the preliminary results of its Phase two clinical trials for antroquinono, its new COVID drug to be taken orally. The company's representative said they would apply for emergency use authorization from the U.S. FDA in March. Phase three trials will be conducted in Europe, South Korea and Singapore. Let's hear from the company. We will receive the clinical study report around April. We have asked them to see if we can get it in March, so we can discuss the matter with the FDA. If we get the green light, we will apply for emergency use authorization. Phase 3 trials will be conducted in Europe, Singapore and South Korea. We will have more than 50 clinical trial centers so that we can enlist subjects more quickly. So far, Golden Biotech tested its drug on 124 hospitalized patients in the U.S. and South America. COVID recovery rate reached 97.9% by the 14th day after administering the drug. By the 28th day, the recovery rate reached 100%, with no deaths or respiratory failures reported. The treatment also shortened ICU stays to just 9.5 days. The Central Geological Survey has released an updated map of Taiwan's active fault lines featuring three new faults. That makes a total of 36 active fault lines in Taiwan. According to a geosciences professor at National Taiwan University, scholars have known the existence of these active faults for more than 10 years. He says the government should have listed the faults sooner so that developers could get a clearer picture before building in hazardous areas. Earlier this week, an earthquake rattled northern Taiwan, giving many locals a fright. On Tuesday, the Central Geological Survey updated its map of Taiwan's active fault lines. It added three more active faults for a total of 36. According to geologist Chen Wenshan, the existence of the three new faults was previously known by academics. He says the government should have updated the map sooner. We have been aware of these three fault lines being active for more than 10, 20 years. Some may not have been very sure on whether these were active fault lines, but scientists already knew they were, so why weren't they drawn? If you wait until you have a lot of evidence, buildings may have already been built there and land development plans may have already been drawn. By that point, you can't avoid them anymore. What can you do then? According to the fault line map, the three new active faults are the Chuxiang Fault in Nanto, the Koxiaoli Fault in Tainan, and the Cheguanlin Fault in Kaohsiung. Though the three new faults have been announced, they have yet to be declared as geologically sensitive areas. The Cheguanlin Fault cuts through the Chaotou Science Park. In the future, the firms at the Science Park will have to take measures for being on an active fault line. Once the lines are drawn, they'll have to adapt. 
the Central Geological Survey should draw up the faults that could be active faults as soon as possible. The professor says three active fault lines have yet to be announced on the Lanyang Plains at Chaoxi and Duoshui. Some of them run right across the planned high-speed rail extension in Yilan. Experts say Taiwan should follow the example of Japan and the U.S., which announced fault lines that could have activity 20 to 30 years in the future to prevent development along risk areas. In a recent radio interview in his country, the president of Lithuania said he thought the name of Taiwan's representative office in his country was a mistake. Last year, Taiwan opened the office under the name Taiwanese Representative Office in Lithuania. The name elicited a strong response from Beijing, which retaliated by downgrading its diplomatic ties with Lithuania and even blocking certain imports. Lithuanian lawmakers have condemned their president's comment, saying that supporting Taiwan is the right thing to do. Last November, Taiwan opened a representative office under its own name in Lithuania. The move has repeatedly been condemned by China, which has ramped up retaliations on the Baltic state, from downgrading diplomatic ties to blocking Lithuanian imports. Now, it seems Lithuania could be beginning to buckle under China's pressure. During a radio interview, Lithuania's president Gitanas Nauseta said that opening the Taiwanese representative office was not a mistake, but that its name, featuring the word Taiwanese, was. He added that the operation had not been coordinated by him. He also said the naming of the office had strongly impacted Lithuania-China relations, saying it was a regrettable development. In response, Taiwan's foreign ministry said Taiwan will continue continue to support Lithuania. It declined to comment on Nalseda's remark. For diplomatic customs, another country's internal policy-making process is not for the ministry to comment on. Regarding Taiwan-Lithuania diplomatic relations, or rather Taiwan-EU relations, I believe we can remain optimistic, but we must respond cautiously. As friends, we should be understanding. When friends encounter hardship, they might have some opinions on the matter, and I think we should respect that. Many Lithuanian parliamentarians said they did not share their president's opinion. Matas Maldekis, head of the Lithuanian parliament's Taiwan Friendship Group, wrote on Twitter, I disagree with my president, adding that supporting democracy in Taiwan is the right thing to do. His colleague Alja Maldekiana went further, calling the president pathetic for suggesting that Lithuania should bow down to the Chinese after they call Lithuanians dogs. A scholar said Lithuania's government is a semi-presidential system. That means that the president often butts heads with the prime minister, whose cabinet directs the country's relations with Taiwan. In countries with semi-presidential systems, it's quite often that the president and prime minister don't see eye to eye. If you look carefully into Nauseta's past statements, you'll find that he once opposed China further investing in Lithuania's port infrastructure. Mark Cheng says Lithuania will hold local elections in 2023 and parliamentarian and presidential elections in 2024. He says Nauseta could be bringing up the Taiwan question to gain public support ahead of the vote. Legislators on Wednesday voted in favor of holding an extraordinary session lasting from January 5th to 28th. The ruling party's proposed agenda was given the green light without any changes. Over the extraordinary legislative session, lawmakers will discuss a constitutional amendment to lower the voting age to 18. They'll also discuss the 2022 general budget and a special military budget for procuring defensive weapon systems. Fourteen legislative proposals are also on the agenda, including an upgrade merger plan for Xinju City and Xinju County. 
In Taiwan, it's customary for lawmakers to send their voters calligraphy scrolls as tokens of respect, whether for joyful occasions like weddings or at funerals. Many such calligraphy pieces are now digital, but some are still hand-drawn on paper as they always were. Legislators say the price of these courtesy tokens is going up. With some lawmakers sending out hundreds of calligraphy couplets each month, it can be a serious item on the budget. These artworks sent as courtesy gifts from the offices of legislators have gotten pricier. Not even calligraphy is safe from the rising cost of living. Each scroll is 5 to 20 NT more than last year. The calligraphers know that what we do is a service, so I think they have held out as long as they could before announcing a price rise. All our expenses have grown. If each scroll is 5 NT more, then every month we basically send out hundreds of couplets, and over time, it really builds up. We write all our own couplets at the service office. The price of one couplet has gone up about 10 percent. We sent hundreds every month, so that's grown somewhere from 500 and 1,500 NT, I guess. It's manageable for us, actually. Manufacturers reveal that the basic costs of paper and canvas have grown 20 to 40 percent in recent months. Most calligraphy couplets are digitalized now, but many people still hope to receive a traditional hand-drawn couplet from the lawmaker after a bereavement. There's always this thing of people wanting to show off at weddings and funerals. Some bereaved families also care deeply about demonstrating their filial piety. It's a necessity because we think when citizens want to get some blessings from us, this is also something we can give people, whether it's for their final passage or blessings for their happiness. The cost of living is rising in every arena of life and calligraphy is no exception. If you receive a couplet from your legislator, you know they've decided to stomach the rising price tag. A new venture is empowering people with autism one soap bar at a time. People on the autism spectrum learn how to turn all natural ingredients into bars of soap. The work trains life skills and instills self-confidence, and it produces beautiful gifts that spread good cheer and a blessing for peace. A block of soap is pushed from the mold and then cut up with a machine. These soaps are made by hand by people with autism. The soaps are weighed after they're sliced to ensure they're the same size. Before being packed up, each is given a careful wipe. At the end of the long process, these Chinese mugwort bars soaps are placed lovingly in the gift box. At this soap workshop, people with autism develop skills like focusing on tasks and perfecting each last detail. Through making handmade soap, our children here can learn a lot of things. It gives our children a place to work. Because they're working, they're able to hone some of their skills, so the skills don't degenerate. Then on top of that, there's the fact that having work supports their self-esteem. The head of the gaming company and the life-size mascot joined the workshop to try their hand at making soap. Turns out it's not so easy. Every piece of soap must be individually engraved. The idea is to imbue every bar with love and warmth. 
提了平安和喜乐。I propose the words peace and gladness. When you make a wish on your birthday or when you wish upon a falling star, what do you wish for? Everybody wants to be happy and at peace. I wanted to pass on this sentiment to more people: hope and love. The head of the gaming company said that during the worst of Taiwan's epidemic, the people of the nation had prayed for peace. Through working with the Autism Association, she hopes to promote soaps made with love and to wish peace and happiness upon every person who receives them. A new tourist scheme has linked up scenic spots across Ilan and the northeast coast. The region is a paradise for cyclists. Many choose to ride all the way from the eccentric rock formations of the north down to Ilan's gentle rolling Lanyang Plain. You can also catch a train to one of the many coastal towns and enjoy the ever-changing views of Turtle Island. The northeast coast, where azure sky meets cerulean sea, years of ocean winds and erosion have carved out these unimaginable rock formations. Golden beaches lead to an undersea world of exquisite diversity, and cycling along the coast is one of the best ways to appreciate the grandeur of the region. Here in the north, we have Nanya Rock, which is no less splendid than the Queen's Head Rock. It's shaped like an ice cream cone. What's so unique here is the geological landscape. There are many sites which internet celebrities like to film, such as Seal Rock, Barking Dog Rock, as well as the Wolf and the Lamb. The rocks on the coast are worn down by the ocean waves, and these geological sites have formed over millions and millions of years. The mountain trails here are very popular too, including Nanzilin Trail. Which is very popular, where lots of people post photos. If you climb to the top, you can see almost 360 degrees all around. It's beautiful. It doesn't take long to get up here either. About one hour. It's an easy and accessible route. It's easy to forget yourself in the beauty of a spot like this. You can cycle all the way from the northeast coast to Ilan, but if you fancy a less taxing itinerary, why not take the train and hop off at one of Ilan's many beautiful coastal stations, where you can hire a bike to explore. <laughs> Cycle routes connect paths up and down the coast of Ilan. Often, you're just a couple of meters from the beach. When I come to ride here, firstly, all the cycle routes are in the forests, so it's not too muggy even in summer. Also, the Pacific Ocean is right behind us. When there's a fork in the road, we ride to the edge of the ocean and rest a bit, watching the sea. The coastal scenery is truly beautiful, and what's unique to Ilan is Turtle Island. The turtle moves its head from side to side when you change angle. Looking from here in Tochen or Zhangwei, you get this very special view of the living turtle nodding. Next time you come for a ride, stop at each point to take a look. There's also Yongzhen Seaside Park and the Turtle Island Dawn, which is one of the eight wonders of Lanyang. If you get up early and come here to watch the sun come up at Yongzhen Seaside Park, you'll see rays of light spreading across the surface of the water, lighting up the Lanyang. Plains and Turtle Island, it will touch your heart. In February last year, the Tourism Bureau established the Northeast Coast Tourism District, linking 14 townships in New Taipei and Ilan. It's a tour of the region's most unforgettable natural wonders and favorite establishment. In New Taipei, there's Gongliao, but also Raifang, Shuangxi, and Pingxi, which are all very busy spots. And there are loads here in Ilan, the Jiaoxi Hot Springs, Dongshan River, and Sanxing, where we get Sanxing onions. There's a lot of resources. Here, we wanted to work out how to link up the northeast coast, so we're uniting forces and pulling tourist resources for 
our marketing. The cycle network is full of different options, but natural marvels are everywhere you look. The mountain paths have unparalleled views, and there are unfrequented cultural gems to discover too. A new remote-controlled drone could help clean up oil spills from the ocean. The invention, developed by engineers at National Donghua University, has been tested in Hualien Port. Researchers say it will be useful as a helpful tool for larger cleanup projects. In the future, they plan to develop a larger drone that could cut down on human labor. Two people lower a drone down onto the water. It sets out into the Coast Guard zone of Hualien Port, collecting litter from the water. Using GPS satellite coordinates and our technologies and power through artificial intelligence of things as well as green energy technology, we can clean up ocean litter or ocean oil waste. In the past, only containment booms could clean up oil spills on the ocean, a costly and difficult procedure. Now this remote-controlled smart drone uses GPS and green energy to do the job. It was developed with help from the Hualien Port Corporation and National Donghua University. The advantage of its small mid-size is it can hoover up what's missed by large cleaning ships. So this design allows it to be portable and easy to transport to different locations. Oil waste is the biggest waste problem in Hualien Port. One trip from this drone can collect 3 to 4 kilograms of litter and 40 kilograms of oil. This isn't a big ship. It navigates independently at the moment and has several remote control settings, which have all succeeded in our test runs. If we get the chance, we may develop a larger ship that can genuinely replace oil cleanup operations by manned vessels. Engineers from the Energy Technology Center at NDHU say the drone cost around 400,000 NT to produce. Its battery lasts almost four hours, and on a sunny day with solar battery fitted, it can contribute its own power as well.